go. Welcome to Justice Losers Review. We're it's just us losers here, and we uh, saw a movie and thought you ought to know about it. I'm your adjectiveless host, Matt. No. Matt, joined as always by my no. I'm your delightful host, Matt, joined as always by my. <laughs> I'm your delightful host, Batmat, joined as always by my adjectiveless co-host. I don't even know what my name is anymore. That was a disaster. <laughs> oh, well, look, buddy, it's nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, and <laughs> yeah. I stayed up late last night for reasons you are about to discover, dear listener. What do we stay up watching, or what do we stay what up doing? What should people do? Oh, uh, listen to this review. <laughs> <laughs> like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Uh, yeah, we're still in that phase of there's not really anything to check out because we're silent everywhere. Yep. Except right here. Right here, we're loud. We are loud. We are right in your ears. And this is going to be a low energy one. <laughs> yep. I'll tell you that right now. Um, we saw a movie. A movie. We will have seen a movie. We will have had seen a movie. We will have had seen a movie. We will have had been seeing a movie. We will have had seen. We will have had... We will have had... Seen... Yeah, I guess. We saw a documentary about verb tenses. <laughs> it's, it's called Intense. Uh, that was the best joke I could come up with off the top of my head. Uh, we saw Tenet. Yeah. Finally. Oh, did we? Uh, we saw it several days after it came out. Yep. Because. No, we didn't. Yeah, it came out like on Thursday. No, it didn't. That was the first day that tickets were available. Really? Yeah, that was a pre screening. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that explains. Look at us getting Why we saw Reagan. New Mutants before we saw Tenet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw Tenet, which is uh, Christopher Nolan's new baby. Yep. And uh, uh, an emotional send off for uh, Michael Caine, maybe. For some reason, it seems like it is. I mean, there's a very specific There's a very reason. specific reason. But there's I'm a like, very specific in-movie reason. Yeah. I don't know what the real world reason could be. I think it's just that he's getting old. Yeah. I think he's just getting old and is probably like wanting to retire and yeah. with the turnaround rate of Christopher Nolan movies, Kane's probably like, dude, I'll be dead by the time you finish your next one. Yeah. 2023, probably. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be shame. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Matt. Preston. What'd you think? I thought a lot. I, yeah. Let's, okay, before we actually get into what, what our thoughts on it, I want to cover a base mm -hmm. of, I feel like this movie kind of suffers from Rick and Morty syndrome, where the people that don't like it are the people that just went and casually watched it, mm -hmm. and it didn't make sense to them. Like, cause it's, it's a really specific or not, spe I don't know why the word specific came to my mind. Um, it's a very good example of very dense writing, mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a second too. Boy, um, will we. I thought about, I thought more about it. Like when we left, I was like, that's the best movie ever seen. Mm -hmm. And then sleeping out and I was like, that's a really amazing movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you I feel like the people that are shitting on it about it being too confusing mm -hmm. are, we're not paying attention fully, which is good and bad mm -hmm. because uh, the movie itself lends 
the movie lends itself to being misunderstood because it's so it is complex mm-hmm. to say the least mm-hmm. and you have to be paying attention the entire time to understand really what's going on yeah. and if you zone out for like five minutes you're done yep. basically um so pee beforehand yes oh dude i saw someone i can't talk about it until we get into the spoilers oh dear i saw someone walk in after a big turning after like the big kind of like uh the turning point mm-hmm. um and i was just like dude you're gonna be so goddamn confused yeah <laughs> poor guy yeah anyway uh so before we get into that i want to or before we get we should, it, like, we I, I just wanted to address that that mm-hmm. um there might be things that i missed there is mm-hmm. one specific element that i missed but it didn't complicate things for me the rest of it okay um there's a particular relationship between two people that two other people are ex- explain that the relationship is pretty much the center of the of the mm-hmm. movie but i didn't know i i missed the part like i i couldn't hear i guess we'll just we'll just get into it let's let's right. let's, let's talk about the whole thing. let's do the structure real quick yeah. we're going to do a uh, non-spoiler section first talk mm-hmm. the good things we liked the bad and the things we didn't like and the ugly is not really applicable yeah here. ugly I, typically applies to how it stays true to the source material or the can, source yeah, universe we can, we can talk about how emblematic it is of christopher nolan's over as a whole yeah something like that sure if we get into ugly, we can talk about Christopher yep. Nolan in general. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. Uh, Matt. Preston. What'd you think? It was pretty Just, good. Yeah. It was a pretty great movie. Yeah. It's um among Christopher Nolan movies, it's probably a, about bottom third for me. But Bottom third. Okay. So let's real quick, because Christopher Nolan is, is his own genre, basically. Well, now that I think about it, it's probably right about the midpoint. Okay. That's kind of where it is for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um let's briefly talk about like because people like i said christopher nolan's kind of his own genre yeah so we're talking about well first of all the dark knight trilogy mm-hmm. uh which is pretty evenly spread across the spectrum for me of yeah, christopher nolan's rankings yep uh you got memento prestige yep uh inception which is the one everyone thinks of mm-hmm. um you have oh god i'm drawing blanks dunkirk uh, dunk D- yeah dunkirk yeah interstellar part of me thought like because it came in my mind but part of me thought it wasn't his uh dunkirk interstellar interstellar um um, insomnia oh um, i haven't seen that one no you haven't you should it's good it's early him yeah um and then following following those are the two that i have not seen those are the early ones okay cool yeah so uh okay so about midpoint yeah it's 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 one of christopher nolan's and i think it really embodies the what christopher nolan writes it's a very Christopher Nolan movie. It is, it, it, it is very concentrated Christopher Nolan. Um, and by that, I mean yeah. you take the more complicated elements of all the other, uh, all of his other movies and you distill them down into their essence of what fundamentally they play to a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of curious what he's going to do next. <laughs> he's going to be like, you know what? I've played with these themes. I'm going to go a completely different direction. I'm going to go Pixar. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. Um, what did you like? And I want the fan on cuz it's hot and I just played drums for yeah. an hour. Um I liked I liked a lot of things about this movie. It's um, hard to the the 
we have this problem in reviews where unless it's a pretty just like like adequate movie Mm -hmm. we're so heavily like one Mm -hmm. one of either the good or the bad is just like there's so much and then we can we dig into the opposite one right i'm going to get to some legitimate criticisms i yeah. have when we get i've to got a bad. couple and i I've think got, we I've might got some genuine problems one. with this movie but yeah. um i i really like the the cast um for the most part okay i really really like john david washington as the lead guy yes he was awesome he's mm-hmm. exactly what that character needed to be he's kind of the um he's he's almost this whole movie is almost like a sort of a james bond mission impossible pastiche filtered through the lens of christopher nolan Mm -hmm. um it is very much just like hitting all the spy movie rhythmic beats Mm -hmm. but um with just different layers and stuff and so as the sort of suave alpha spy guy john david washington nails it he's cool he's calm he's witty uh witty witty as i'll get out a little bit um i don't know sassy is not exactly the right word but quippy Quippy. Um, Quibby. What's that? I don't know. Not it just seems like a a thing that existed at one point. Yeah. Just a little bit cocky, but never so much that it gets him into trouble, really. Yeah. Um, just very likable. Very good. It's And uh, this movie does a really good job of making an earned arrogance. Yeah. Like, he, he puts his money where his mouth is when it comes down to it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I can... Like, whenever he says... Um, there's a point where she said, or someone says to him, she, a female says to him, mm-hmm. uh, um, like the problem or, uh, something about him being in danger or something like that at mm-hmm. one point. And he's like, Oh, let me worry about that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and then, then he does, he, he worries about that and then mm-hmm. takes care of it. He's yeah. He's, it's kind of the perfect balance between, um, he's got just enough of that sort of wide eyed, guy who's thrust into a whole new world that he doesn't understand but also Mm -hmm. that calm confidence that he picks things up quickly and he's able to adapt to these new situations he's just um his his whole way of going about things is well old machine Mm -hmm. um he's really good uh robert pattinson is really good as uh sort of his side character helper friend buddy Mm -hmm. um yeah he's just he's charming he's kind of um He's also sort of the spy kind of guy. He's just, yeah. just a slightly different take on it, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth Debicki is quite good. Um, she is very tall. She's unsettlingly tall. <laughs> <laughs> she's like six foot three or something. There was there was a point in that movie where she was like, uh, she was just an inch away from ducking down while walking through a hallway. <laughs> I yeah. Was just like Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's a tall woman. Yeah. There's and point. she is much taller than the character she's often put next to yeah there's one point where she's being escorted off screen by like a muscly security guy and, and she's just, a head taller yeah. <laughs> um but yeah she's great um kenneth branagh is good but i don't know why they keep making him have a russian accent <laughs> he's not great at it <laughs> yeah this is not the only movie where this has happened no worse than uh mickey Rourke, though this is true yeah no it's not atrocious yeah um there's some moments where it's actually pretty good i think but mm-hmm. it it is kind of a, a sticks out a little bit yeah um a lot of good actors pop up in kind of bit roles mm-hmm. um michael kane as we mentioned is uh, he's in it for one scene basically uh clements posey is in it for one scene mm-hmm. um what's his face mctenet boats in it for one scene 
<laughs> what? I was gonna look it up, but I oh, didn't the, what's think of the, it. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The guy you see in the trailer. The welcome it's to the pretty much the, the the extent that you see him. Yeah. Um, but they're all good in their little their little bit roles. There's a lot of just kind of interesting side characters that we don't ever learn anything about. But they, um, like the, uh, I guess sort of the, the, the henchman mini boss is like. Oh yeah, he's he's interesting and engaging. There's nothing to him. He's not a recognizable actor, but no. like, you know, you see him on screen, and you're like, okay, it's this guy. I yeah, associate this with him. And then there's the is he? He's uh, Cockney. Then there's the Cockney guy. Oh yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he's um, he's there. We don't really learn anything else about him until the very end. We just get right. a little bit of a an idea of what his character's like. But mm-hmm. pretty much other than that, he's just the the not necessarily the grunt but kind of lieutenant of mm-hmm. A group, the tenant lieutenant. Did you say? I wasn't gonna say which group he was part of, but okay, I guess we're spoiling things. <laughs> it's literally the title of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. So he's he's good. I liked him. I liked his character. Yeah. He he played that really well. He's a lot of fun. Um. Visually, it's really well done. Yes. The, um, everything feels really visceral and exciting, and the conceit of having um, some elements of the scene play backwards while some play forwards at the mm-hmm. same time um almost never feels unnatural mm-hmm. uh it like very often you're like okay yeah there's just these people are moving backwards these people are moving forwards or this yeah. this thing is moving backwards this thing is moving forwards and it's it's smooth and there's scenes where i have no idea how he made it work but mm-hmm. he pulled it off and it's yeah. really cool there's um, a yeah there's a couple times where uh mm, now we're getting to the bad. I always want to like breach into the bad. Every mm-hmm. time we talk about something good, there's like a caveat that I have to wait. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the plot is surprisingly relatively straightforward. It's really the details that get confusing yep. with this one, but it's, it's really comes down to just basic kind of spy movie MacGuffin type plot. Mm-hmm. Um, bad guy wants to do a big thing world level and good yeah. guys like, Hey, maybe don't. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And then there's the the magical, um, I don't know, cube or Merlin staff or mm-hmm. Excalibur or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, the magical item um, that they have to go find. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of straightforward. It's uh, but like every scene, there's kind of like a, a challenge that they have to solve, and so they have to come up with a creative way to solve it. And so they they get themselves into some interesting sort of shenanigans, international espionage shenanigans. But sometimes they're backwards, so. Uh, don't even try snanegish nope. man you got real Snanagash? close to saying a word that you do not want to say on the internet <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think of anything else to add to that uh, I personally really liked the music okay um, I didn't so much but we'll okay. get into it um, I think there's one particular scene that I'm thinking of this movie does a really good job of there's there's an element of of um anxiety with the, the the espionage heist like the plan happening mm-hmm. that some heist movies don't i think this is more of a heist movie than a spy movie like it has the beats of a of a spy movie mm-hmm. but i think more of the general actions are heist well i mean yeah but you look at like a lot of spy movies like mission impossible and james bond and often it's he has to break into a place and get a thing oh, that's true i guess it's a uh, yeah. See, I just 
after Tinker Tailor, there's no movie that's a, like a heist movie is so different from a spy movie. Yeah. Like, so all these movies, like those are like called quote unquote spy movies. Mm-hmm. But like, I think they're just more heist movies, like grab them, grab, grab a thing movies. Mm-hmm. Like when a spy movie is more of just like pure mystery of something's going on and espionage and being like Tinker maybe, Tailor. Maybe we should delineate spy movies versus espionage movies. Okay, I'll do that. Espionage movies are the highbrow because mm-hmm. it's French. Yeah. Espionage. Okay, so spy movie. Yeah. Um, but the way that he does, because there's about f- four times in this movie where there's like, okay, these are the things we need and we're going to do a thing to smash and grab, essentially. Right. Um, and all of those, I think, are really, really done well. Yeah. The, 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 just the, the sound, the tension, the um, any tiny little element that... It doesn't, he does an amazing job of where when they're in the middle of the, the event, there's not a rule breaking snag that they hit. Cause every, mm-hmm. in every heist movie, like you think of the oceans movies and every, like all these heist movies, right? there's a snag that they hit, but the snag is tends to be something that's just like, Oh my God, the entire plan's going to get ruined. Mm-hmm. And then it's saved by some deus ex machina or yeah. some unforeseen like preparation yeah. thing that they never explain. Right. But with tenant, the snags that they hit are relatively small. Yeah. Compared to like, if you take the like proportion of the scale of the, of these heists to some of the other things the mm-hmm the snag that they hit are small. Like, so there's one on a road that is really cool. I don't think it's really in the trailer mm-hmm. at all. Um, a policeman just kind of shows up right at the end. Yeah. Like, like behind them and is just like, Hey, kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then a character like kind of turns. And then the solution to that is really simple, cut and dry. And it's over like this. Yeah. Like it feels like, Oh, there's like a little bit of tension, but it's not just like something that, suddenly the police jump in with a tank on a tank and a like a team shows up in a yeah. tank with a parachute yeah. and it's like, Oh God, and we have to murder a whole bunch of police. And it's just like, that doesn't feel like the movie. Right. But it, it, it just feels natural and yeah. And realistic. And it adds a little bit of tension and then relieves it. And it does that. Um, I've been doing a research on our next episode about anxiety and stuff. Mm. And there's, the, there's the, the, the joy of movies that instill anxiety is, is the release part, not the mm-hmm. anxiety part. And it does that where, there's tension. There's an overarching tension that by the end of the movie, you get a release. Mm-hmm. But then there's the intermediate tension, which is the overall heist. Like, is this going to work right. in the release? But then there's a the tiny little tension of that little snag mm-hmm. while other heist movies, I keep doing air quotes when they can't see me. Uh, other heist movies, the snag is a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And then the ten, the release is just like, well, that doesn't fucking make sense. Yeah. So all of that to say one point, Heist were good. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of really cool, unique set pieces yeah. in this. Um, but all of them feel authentic and, and grounded to the world within its own set of rules. And it does a, he does a really good job. And this is something that just Christopher Nolan in general. He's an amazing attention to detail. Yeah. Um, and the there's one... I'm thinking of the same heist scene uh, that I'm just, I want to... I cannot wait... I'm going to buy this movie, by the way. Like, yeah, absolutely fucking sure. Yeah. And I'm going to watch that scene all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he says a couple words just while he's talking, kind of preparing. He's like, this is the kind of thing we need. And then he says these things just kind of offhand. Like we need to mm-hmm. cover these, but he doesn't explain them. Right. But then 
during the heist when a t- when a lesser heist movie would capitalize on why they needed that specific thing, mm-hmm. he would explain, "Oh, we needed it because of this. Right. That's why I needed it." But instead, what Christopher Nolan does is he actually has the reason show basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I I guess it's not too much of a spoiler that uh, no, it's it's not a spoiler basically where. He says, like, they need a series of cars and some of them to be fast enough, but not look fast. Mm-hmm. And then they do a thing and then they they basically get a caravan and, like, kind of crunch it and keep mm-hmm. it moving. Mm-hmm. And a lesser movie would go, this is why we needed it. So it looks like they're still moving. Instead, what he does is he cuts to the police station where they're like, or whoever mm-hmm. is monitoring it. And they're like, hey, it's like their radios are out. And the guy goes, they still moving? And the guy goes, yeah. And it's like, then ignore it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's why they needed to be fast, but not look fast. Yeah. So they could sneak up and then also keep it moving. Yeah. And I was just like, that is a great attention to detail of making sure you inf- the inf- you get the information in a natural way. Yeah. However, he doesn't do that, get the information in a natural way all the time in this movie. No. I mean, and that's <laughs> that's one of the classic Christopher Nolan flaws is his I- he has movies that are very ideas heavy and very complicated just in just in the the structure of the world and the rules that you need to follow. And so oftentimes they do get a little exposition heavy. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's more successful than others. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Interstellar really suffers from that. Like to the point where the, a lot of the mechanics of the movie are centered around um, the, the human drama and the character drama and it becomes kind of mechanical for Nolan. And so he turns it into, things that are just exposited to each other it turns into nova like a documentary of explaining (laughs) science um yeah no the anyway not the movie i'm talking about what yeah um (laughs) what else was there uh the rules of the time thing time inversion time inversion are almost uh airtight (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're for the most part so if you're not watching incredibly closely and you're not trying if you're not keeping tabs on every single instance where that technology is like used Mm -hmm. he'll get away you'll you won't notice it um the basically the the mechanic in when used in broader scale uh, scenarios is airtight mm-hmm. but there's a couple tiny little details that don't particularly add up yeah and i think that is less to do of the mechanic is airtight and more of just continuity mm-hmm. where there is a bullet somewhere but that bullet wasn't there before mm-hmm. or something like how when when do those things show up right and stuff like that just there's a couple tiny little moments that's just like wait wait hang on does that was that always there if that's always been there then when does the and then Mm -hmm. it kind of explains it but there's still a little bit of yeah a little bit of wibbly wobbly going on yeah a little bit um yeah mostly it's a it's a clever concept and Mm -hmm. amplifies things trying to think if there's anything else that's bad or anything that's good uh, I mean, there's a lot that's good. Like, just mm-hmm. overarching. This is a great movie. It's like just the action. The action looks good. The fighting yeah. looks good, especially when it's like complicated 
mm-hmm. as a per- a person going forward and a person going backward having the same fight mm-hmm. makes sense. Except that's kind of where it falls apart. That's a little bit. one of those moments where like it kind of the, it doesn't completely add up. Um, and I'll get into that in the spoilers because I can't talk about that. Right. <laughs> talk about non spoilers. Um, but the. I, I watched a video forever ago of explaining the past 10 years of military um, military movies, mm-hmm. like military-related movies versus what they were before. And it's the element of realism to the point of like actually doing correct SWAT team formations mm-hmm. and stances and movements and stuff like that that makes it feel more tense because it looks more authentic because it is more authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's very evident in the very beginning mm-hmm. when it's all the, like there's a the opening scene is basically a terrorist tap terrorist thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's SWAT teams coming in and it's, it's all very clean and like coherent and like instead yeah. of just them running in and shooting people out in the open Mm -hmm. it's very careful and yeah and it just felt really tense yep which is good yes anything else probably nothing that i don't want to get say for spoilers let's get into the not so good all right exposition yeah was pretty gnarly in a couple places specifically so exposition can happen kind of has to sometimes it has to happen um there i think i'm starting to put together in my mind i want to do an episode on exposition and how well how good exposition can be done mm-hmm. uh i'm starting to put together four levels of exposition mm-hmm. the top level is you don't even notice that they're expositing things to you mm-hmm. you're just learning information naturally mm-hmm. the bottom level is something that actually happened in this movie a couple times where if i were to say matt do you know about the podcast? And you were to go, yeah, it's the podcast that you and I do together. And then uh, where we talk about mostly like we talk about movies mm-hmm. and comic book stuff and stuff like that. And we have two, we have two segments at the very beginning where it's the mm-hmm. what you've been up to is in the news. And it's like, I fucking know. Yep. I asked you if you know, and you don't have to explain the whole thing to me. <laughs> and it does that like twice in that movie. Yeah. And it really bothers me when movies do that. Cause it's just like, yeah. If someone asks you, if you know it, you just say, yeah, I know about it. And that's always, that's never a, like when someone asks, do you know about this thing? Basically the next sentence will define if it's good exposition, bad exposition. Right. Because the movie did both. It did a really good exposition and then it did that exposition. And yeah. I'm just like, stop, stop that. <laughs> like, why are you explaining to her what, what this is mm-hmm. when she, yeah. Well, that's, that's Nolan for you. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta go back and watch Nolan's movies for that because yeah, I watched all of his stuff at the very early stages of my uh, path to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Go see, uh, go listen to our last episode about the path to enlightenment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I didn't really catch that kind of stuff, but now I catch that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my one of my things. All right, that's a real one. Um, the I don't know if it was just the theater or what but the sound design was kind of murky in places that's yeah. putting it mildly there were points where i was like okay you're clearly explaining something important and i don't know what you're saying i had less of a problem mm-hmm. and i'm curious if that has to do with just 
like the like it could literally be just experience on ears because be. i'm really terrible at picking up lyrics when i'm yeah, listening to music that's exactly what i was going to talk about it's like yeah. the music i listen to i really care about the lyrics so i will be mm-hmm. listening to the lyrics so it's much easier for me to pick out consonants and vowels among music mm-hmm. but you are more classical music so there's right. no lyrics right uh, and I, that just might be it might just be that yeah. which i will say is a problem like i'm not going to give that in that mm-hmm. excuse that like oh he expected people to listen. no you don't you yeah. don't sound design with the expectation that everyone can do that. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it, it would have benefited from a little more just balance, I think, in places. Yeah. There was, uh, I mean, when there's people shouting over like battle sounds, that's always kind of finicky, but yeah. it can be done well. Yeah. But there, there are scenes where like, um, there's a couple characters that are having an important conversation, but there's something noisy going on nearby that makes it just kind of difficult. Oh yeah. Um, like there's a, there's a fight scene, um, about halfway through and kind of right at the end of that one character says something to another character, like lays out a couple lines to him. And I still have no idea what he said. I don't even remember what you're talking about. There's paintings. Oh yeah. I actually do remember that. And the only reason I was able to pick it up was because of the context context clues based on like the last few syllables that I heard. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what he said, but at the time I was like, okay, I think that's what he said. Right. But I get what you're saying. Yes, that is, that is true. There were several moments like that. Mm. I want to, I want to watch this movie again with subtitles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I actually, I I looked through some reviews to see what kind of, what other people were saying. Mm -hmm. And that was a, through line yeah that's um that's kind of been a criticism of some of his recent movies interstellar had that problem a lot Mm -hmm. um dunkirk a little bit but dunkirk is not dialogue reliant at all so it can get away with something like that um yeah so just some messiness there i didn't love the music um i thought that this movie really needed han zimmer and it didn't have him it had ludwig Göransson, who's good but is not quite on the same level Mm -hmm. um I mean, every movie should could use Hans Zimmer. Yeah, if we're being honest. But Hans Zimmer has a real clarity and precision to his music that's hard to hard to pin down exactly what it is mm-hmm. that makes his music so Zimmery. Because um, there's a lot of knockoff Hans Zimmers out there that just aren't that great. They're yeah. not interesting to listen to. But he he's he's just he's got this element to him, and I can't. Yeah. If I studied it for a few months, I might be able to pin down exactly what the details are but mm-hmm. i'm not that interested in the question yeah um hey someone pin down exactly what makes hans zimmer different from ludwig Göransson and um all those other people all right <laughs> um yeah they're they're i think i think that almost contributed just to the muddiness of the sound in some places mm-hmm. just the the music was not quite what it needed to be yeah um there were several moments i liked quite a bit in the music um the very opening is kind of cool uh-huh. um and then just a couple of minute, little moments where i was like yeah i'm, I'm digging this right now but mm-hmm. overall it was not more a minus than a plus but it was just a bit of a letdown next yeah. to a lot of nolan's other work mm-hmm. with Hans zimmer on it man it's really hard to do a review full 24 hours after having seen it I find that I've kind of coalesced my thoughts a little bit. Mine have become more muddy. Hmm. Like, I think, 
I think what it is is like if I took all of my thoughts right after, they're all really clear but kind of like scattershot across the spectrum of mm-hmm. good to bad. Now they've all kind of like gotten muddied, gotten muddied together to where it's more of a there's more of a central tendency, so I can kind of know where I really lie on it. Right. But I don't really remember which <laughs> points were the the good and the bad. So like, yeah. I know that's kind of I think over time the reason like you mentioned how. Um, with new mutants, you'll put it at this, but over to like later, you'll probably put it there. Yeah. It's because all of your thoughts kind of muddy together for a central tendency, central tendency. Yep. And I think I find it easier to review with all the nitpicky, like the tiny clear details across the spectrum mm-hmm. rather than just this muddy central tendency to like, it was a good movie, but there were some flaws. What were the flaws? What was good? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, what was the other, there was another thing that I, that I caught that was a, oh, the villain was not a good villain. His, his motivation is not super convincing. His motivation's one dimensional. Yeah. And like, there is an interesting version of that villain somewhere in this script, but it needs some chopping. I think if a villain's motivation can be distilled down to one sentence one like seven word sentence Mm -hmm. that is actually said in the movie right you need a little bit more girth to that villain like because like think of all the good villains we have like you the joker look, joker chaos is one word just chaos but they feel like there's a lot more to it chaos based on his experience chaos I think I think there's more to the Joker, the Kingpin, Rebirth. That's you're not you're not getting my point. You're getting like Darth Vader. You, <laughs> you're you're saying zero words. You're saying what they want. You're not saying the essence of what makes them what makes them tick. Like, yeah, like Fisk, like Kingpin, wants Rebirth for mm-hmm. the, for the city because of his experience as a child. Right, and it's kind of hard to distill that really clearly down and mm-hmm. have it said in the movie uh, in the show, but like this one, like they literally say the sentence yeah. twice, and and like, it just feels like well, that's like if someone says that to you in person, it's like I'm doing this because of this. You kind of look at them and go, "What?" <laughs> yeah, like his final sort of villainous monologue, I guess, lays out some interesting directions that they probably should have taken him. Um, but it does kind of boil down to like an, an oversimplified. Yeah. Um, and like it, I get it rationally, but it doesn't do anything for me. I don't even get it rationally. Like I've, I, we've talked about this. A good mm-hmm. villain should make you like, if you just kind of tweak your person, your perspective mm-hmm. slightly, you'll kind of understand it. I guess not Joker mm-hmm. particularly. It's going to be kind of hard to tweak a perspective. Right. What he wants, but like Kingpin mm-hmm. watching the first season, you tweak your perspective a little bit and you're like, dude, I'm totally on his side. Mm-hmm. but and there was no part of me that was just like, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of understand this villain. He was just, yeah, God, just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, again, I think that comes back to part of the fact that this is basically just a mission impossible movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those kinds of movies, the spy movies have just a, you know, a villain who's like, I am going to end the world for some unspecified reason because I think it will be good. That was a pretty okay German accent. It really wasn't. It was 
worse. It was a worse German accent than Mickey Rourke's Russian accent, but it didn't go. But your accent didn't end up going to Sean Connery. <laughs> That's progress. Which is always an improvement. Um, I just didn't buy the villain at all. Yeah, I was, I was never very convinced by him. I didn't feel a whole lot of tension when he was really mm-hmm. involved in stuff. Um, I was ready for a bigger twist that the villain was him all along. Yeah. Given that he doesn't have a name and his name is literally protagonist, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a little on the nose. I feel like they're going to turn up. It's going to turn out that he like in the future is the villain. I think there's a reason for that. I'm going to save it for spoilers. Okay. Um, it's more of a thematic reason, but okay. Yeah. Um, let's see the, uh, so as cool as the time inversion conceit is, it does mean that the screen gets very chaotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just the trying to keep track of things is nigh on impossible he literally had so like there was two groups of people one group was inverted and one wasn't Mm -hmm. literally in order to make it clear to the audience he had to put a big ass blue and red banner on either one so you knew what was happening yeah (laughs) and even even just in like little micro scale um scenes where there's just one or two inverted elements you're like okay so how does this work it's going backwards it's it, it's such an unnatural concept it's really hard for your brain to grapple with it in real time mm-hmm. um even if you're you're on board and you're following the concepts and you're following everything the movie's laid out it's it's not a very accessible idea yeah i think it's an accessible movie in the sense that if you don't think too hard about it and just enjoy it as a um a fun action movie it's a pretty great fun action movie that is the problem that i had right as i went into it just with full faith of christopher nolan and was just like this is just gonna be a fun movie and then i left was like oh man i didn't really critique that much yeah like new mutants i was just nitpicking shit i was like right from the beginning like all right who are these characters (laughs) and then boy did i let them have it in our review yeah (laughs) but this one i was just like oh this is gonna be such a cool movie and also i had to focus so goddamn hard on paying attention to understand the mechanics yeah that i missed a lot of the rest of it yeah like i couldn't get into the characters because it's like okay i'm starting to catch that character's motive oh but now there's this new element of inversion that i gotta start keep track of okay so i gotta think about how that works yeah i kind of let the mechanics fall by the wayside in my thinking about it i was just like it'll work out on screen (laughs) (laughs) something's gonna fly backwards and it'll be cool yeah um i think on probably the fifth or sixth watching It'll be really cool, and you'll understand all the moving parts, and mm-hmm. it'll be great. But I mean, I understand all of the mechanic stuff now. Yeah. I just have no insight as to character, theme, basically main plot. Yeah. <laughs> like, how how that all worked. Like, just the, the, the girth going back to our critically watching a movie mm-hmm. didn't do any of that, because I was just really trying to focus on understanding how all these things work. Because yeah. I was looking for the fine details that were going to mm-hmm. play a part later. And I was like, and I was catching all of those. So I was catching all the really, like, I was catching the stuff that I used, that I am good at catching. Right. Because it's just, like, second nature to me to catch foreshadowing and what's going to happen later. Mm-hmm. Um, which called almost all of it. Yep. And I'm so proud of myself. Um, did you, okay, so there was a point in the movie where I turned to you about basically two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I turned to you and, like, kind of made a notion did you catch it because I brought, because I, no, made, I had caught it at the same moment. Okay. Cause there's something that, um, there's something that happens on screen that makes it clear mm-hmm. if you're paying somewhat attention, yeah. what's going to happen mm-hmm. and what a previous thing meant. Yeah. And when that, when they made it clear, 
I was like, ah, I see. Yeah. And that's when you elbowed That's me. when he wants the audience to figure it out. Right. And I was like, again, the problem I have at this point is that I put too much, I give too much credit to filmmakers of like when mm-hmm. something like that happens and I'm just like, you know, I think this is what's going to happen, but that's too easy. And I think it's something more complicated. Right. And then 30 minutes later, when it makes it clear that that's what's going to happen, I'm like, you know, I fucking should have told Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I should have claimed it. Yep. Let's see. Um, what else? There was um, the, what was her name? The Indian lady. Uh, the character's name I don't remember. Um, the actress is uh, Dimple Capeta. Yeah. I feel like her character was entirely useless. She was an exposition character. Yeah. She existed solely to explain what's about to happen in the plot and then explain some of the behind the workings of the story. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like characters like that. Yeah. Is there a name for that kind of character? Expositron 3000. Cool. That's her name now. Her name is Expositron 3000 <laughs> with dimples. Haha. <laughs> Get it. I love that name though. Um, but yeah, no, every single time she was on screen, I was like, oh, so we're just going to learn something about the story now. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be anything that's really like developing anything as well. I mean, you're developing the, the the past future. Right. But like, I don't know. Yeah. She ser- solely served the purpose of progressing the story and not giving girth to the story. Yeah. She's a, she's a plot element, not a character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I had one other thing. Oh, um, we were talking so much about editing in our new mutants review. Mm-hmm. This one, you can kind of feel the editing too, but just in the sense that it, this was ruthlessly edited just to get it down to two and a half hours. There's mm. a lot of scenes where it's like, this is the bare minimum you need to understand what just happened. Yeah. Um, and it works, but it kind of is testament to the fact that there's a lot of stuff crammed into this movie. Give us the Nolan cut. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be four hours and even more confusing <laughs> and I'm going to love it. <laughs> it. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's such a dense movie and the, lo- the, there's a specific, so I was talking, I talked about this at the, at the beginning. Um, there's a dialogue between two characters where they explain a hefty amount of like the, the reason mm-hmm. it's between protagonist and Michael Caine, where it's just like really fast dialogue basically. Mm-hmm. And like every single sentence furthers the dialogue and i'm just right. like, and i i was thinking about something that happened right before that dialogue and then checked back in about seven seconds in and i'm mm-hmm. like what the fuck is happening yeah and it's just like that scene particularly is the worst culprit of the entire movie mm-hmm. of that where if you're like not paying attention you're just gonna get lost yeah it's um it's so dense just dealing with the mechanics of the world and a pretty complicated not complicated but many layered um spy story movie plot Mm -hmm. um that it just there's not a lot of breathing room and so we get some character moments and i think the character moments actually work pretty well here relative to a lot of nolan's output um but we don't get a whole lot in the way of themes until the very end and you can kind of get a bare bones like okay yeah i kind of Mm-hmm. I see what's going on there, but nothing is very fleshed out. Yeah. Um, like, How do you feel about the his his lackadaisical way at brushing aside um, 
the big time travel questions. You know exactly what I'm yeah, talking about, too. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Because, <laughs> um, like, I, I, I think that it, like, I'm conflicted because I'm glad he addressed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad that he addressed it in such a way that it's just like, well, cause so I, it's not really a spoiler. It's not a spoiler to say. Uh, but. He asks, uh, protagonist asks Neil, uh, Pattinson's character says, hey, so uh, doesn't the fact that we exist now mean that we succeeded? Mm-hmm. And Pattinson goes, don't think about it too much. Yeah. Like, and he kind of, he, he, he goes, well, he doesn't say just that. He says, uh, there's basically two schools of thought. Mm-hmm. one of them is yes and one of them's no and right. it's just like you're not answering the question yeah. i appreciate that you're bringing up the questions that we're thinking mm-hmm. but i feel like with how dense this movie maybe there was more to it that it cut out where mm-hmm. he's just like maybe he did address that in his initial draft where he yeah. goes maybe it, he, he very he seemed very much keen to avoid the splitting in the different time streams right deal um which is fine, but like there could have been something where he says, yes, this is both simultaneous, like simultaneously going forward and inverted, but also it's not because it is kind of, it's one line that just made a turn mm-hmm. in a certain way. And it's very confusing to people who haven't seen the movie right now, <laughs> yeah. how I'm explaining this, but you kind of understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was some different dialogue where he explained it better, but just when that happened, I was like, wait to just shove the question in our face and then it, ignore it entirely. It kind of works in movie and I'll have to save that for spoilers a little bit. Like in universe, there's a reason that these characters don't really know all the rules, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, as a watch, as a viewer, it does feel a little artificial for him to just for the characters to just be like, yeah, we don't really know how exactly how this works, mm-hmm. just to brush aside some of those questions. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying there. So I don't know if that was good or bad. <laughs> like I'm, I'm still <laughs> conflicted on it. Yeah, um, that's that's probably it for now for for bad. Yeah, um, I've got some more stuff that I'll save for spoilers. But mm. so wibbly wobbly, timey warpy. Christopher Nolan and some pretty like there's some some trends that have made it through all of his movies to this one mm-hmm. like time messing with time messing with time um I can't really say another one without spoiling some stuff um not sure which one in particular talking about but I mean we talked about the exposition clumsiness mm-hmm. um he tends to be more ideas than themes often yeah uh, he definitely he's he uh, i think the reason i like him so much is because he writes the same way i do mm-hmm. where i am an idea i like i like these ideas like that's mm-hmm. like the one with, i'm working on with the superheroes like there's ideas but i don't really know what the themes are gonna be right like, i don't know what overarching to pl- i, I kind of have an idea but mm-hmm I'm so focused on the idea of the, the idea of the, the premise mm-hmm. than the idea of the, of the, the, the meaning. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see this, his kind of stuff, I go, Oh, that's cool. Like I, I like that idea and kind of stuff like that. And then by the end of the movie, I go, that was a really cool idea. And then right. I'm so entrenched in the idea of the premise mm-hmm. that I, the themes just completely disappeared. Right. In my mind. And I think that's a perfectly legitimate way to both make and watch movies. Um, themes aren't everything. Yeah, I really like themes, and I'm always going to talk up 
themes, but capital T themes. Absolutely. Uh, but I love me some Christopher Nolan ideas. Um, one of my favorite writers is uh, Jorge Luis Borges, and a lot of his stuff is mostly just really cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some themes in there, too, because he's great. But it's a lot of just, hey, what if Infinite Library? Or, um, hey, what if uh guy's about to get executed, but then his brain basically processes an entire year in that instant so he can finish writing his play? Hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a classic Nolan cross cut, um, where he does that in a lot of his movies where he'll take kind of climactic moments in particular arcs and cross cut them together to, Mm. um, escalate tension. Um, lessons from the screenplay just did a a video on the, the Nolan cross cut. That's really good. Um, kind of explains why interstellars doesn't work relative to inception and dark knight mm-hmm. um and i think operating within the framework that uh what's his face from lessons from the screenplay lays out youtube video by the way check it out good um operating within that framework i think tenets works um it wasn't spectacular i'd say i didn't feel as much tension as i did during um the inception one or the the dark knight one or mm-hmm. um some of the others but i i think it landed i think it was effective it definitely didn't feel anticlimactic yeah certainly um yeah i mean ugly section doesn't particularly exist with this one yep michael Caine's uh, in it yeah like all the other ones like all the other ones he's really the only chris nolan carryover uh yeah he holy might, shit he might be the only one gordon levitt's not in hardy's not in killian murphy's not in Selena Kyle's not Selena Kyle. Anna Hathaway's not in. Yeah. Dang. Christian Bale's not in. Yeah. Holy shit. Hmm. Warren Freeman. No. No. He's only been in one. Yeah. Well, three, but one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Damn. That's a shame. Uh, I'm missing one. Who am I missing? Uh, Japanese guy. Yeah. Don't remember his name. No. It's a Japanese name. Right. I don't know. Anyway, uh, anyway. spoil it? Yeah, let's uh, let's rate it. So, oh, shit, that's right. Um, Given my rating scale, I can't say for sure. It's an eight or a nine. Okay. Because eight is a movie that I'd be happy to see again. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nine is a movie that I will seek out if I just want to watch a good movie, mm-hmm. but I don't want to experiment. I will seek this movie out. I need to see it again before I claim it's a number nine. Okay. Like if I watch it again and at the end of it, I go, you know what? I enjoyed it as much, if not more the, the second time. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's the thing is like, I rewatch value. Yeah. If I think after the second time that it's like, nah, I pretty much got it all. I don't need to watch again. I'll mm-hmm. knock it down to an eight, but so I think I'm going to put it in eight right now it's likely likely going to go back up to a number nine if I watched again. Okay. I'm going to try to convince my girlfriend and her family. We're going down for um, Labor Day. I'll see mm-hmm. if I can convince them to go. Okay. I don't know if they'll be prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a real solid eight for me, I think. Um, it's a good movie. It's a movie I liked quite a bit, but I have enough criticisms, and it wasn't... 
I don't know. I feel like nine movies just have that that special sauce that bumps it over the edge, and this one just didn't quite have that for me. Yeah. I came out of it and I was like, yeah, it was good, but I felt that on more of like a, a I guess a, a rational level than the visceral level. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. See it in theaters. See it. See it on the big screen for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to be. It's it's never going to go down as Christopher Nolan's greatest movie. Mm-mm. Um, it's, it might go down as his most interesting or most challenging, yeah. but it's, um, yeah, right. something like that. So eight, eights across the board, which yeah. is a really good rating for us. Like yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get eights and nines. It's, uh, it's nearly impossible to get tens. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's at this point, either number one or number two for my favorite movie of the year. It's, it's close with invisible out Man. of the five movies we've seen this yeah. year. <laughs> It's it's close between that and Invisible Man. I expect that this will this will win out in the mm-hmm. end, but need benefit of time, distance, and probably a rewatch or two. Yeah, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Is milk spoil in reverse? <laughs> I've been planning uh, this spoil section. We're spoiling <laughs> things, by the way. No, it probably doesn't because it probably just goes back into the cow. Goes back into the cow. Whoom. I don't think that's how that works. I don't no, think that's moo backwards. Moo. Um, moo. Um, um, moo. Gage, um. you have to cl- play these clips backwards and forwards so that we can actually experiment and see. Gage, how what you should do sounds. is you should take every single clip that we just did, like both moos and the ooms, and copy several of them and flip a few of them and scatter them randomly so we don't know which one's <laughs> an actual one said forward flipped backwards or said forward and played forward or said backwards and flipped forward or pl- said backwards yep. and played back played yep four back words wow this really did fit with the tenant whole shit didn't it <laughs> i was going about milk spoiling backwards but just saying moo backwards really fit with the tenant theme <laughs> Uh, what's our big spoiler? We're gonna start with the big spoiler. Uh, uh, he's the he, he's the one that ended up training. Oh, he, he is his own great grandfather. Yeah, some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not exactly that, but um, yeah, he was the he was the mastermind all along, not the mastermind, the progenitor, the protagonist. Yeah, if you will. Um, so good. I want to jump into the bat already because I've got several things that I've been holding on to for spoils, but you know what? In spirit of tenant, let's do it backwards. <gasps> nice. I like it. <laughs> when he's fighting himself, mm-hmm. how the fuck does he not realize he's fighting himself and like vaguely like, well, okay. Cause I had this problem. Like by the end of that fight, I was like, he knows how that fight starts. Could he not like change it? Cause I understand that the whole line is like what, what happens happened. Mm-hmm. But if you're acting the thing that happened, happens, sing happening, it hap- will happen. Mm-hmm. What if you changed it? But you didn't, you have the illusion of free will, but it turns into whatever happened. See that one fight scene is where it falls apart for me. It kind of does. It looks really cool. It I have looks no cool. Idea. I have no idea how they filmed it. Yeah. But. I, it, it's just that that question was burning in my brain for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But also, he totally touched himself. I guess not skin on skin. 
Yeah. They were like, don't come in contact or like you'll destroy each other or some shit. And then shit. it never came and back. And it never happened. Like we never saw that. Yeah. And I hated that. Yeah. That felt, for one thing, that felt just a little implausible within the, the rules of the universe. Mm-hmm. I was like, but why? Yeah. Like entropy reversal, at least as sort of a theoretical physical grounding, like laws of physics are basically symmetrical, whichever way you send entropy. Yeah. We perceive time as moving quote-unquote forwards we perceive entropy as increasing but everything would operate the exact same if you flipped it yeah so but then just yeah two they didn't even come up with they didn't even use like the the cop-out matter antimatter thing which is good because that would have been nonsense in the context of the story but i think it was just an uh, element of stakes that they didn't need to add yeah it it feels almost like a a tiny little throwaway to something that was going to actually come back, but then mm-hmm. they had to edit out or trim. Um, there were a couple of moments. Well, w- like playing into the bullet, mm-hmm. the entropy radiation or in- inversion radiation. Mm-hmm. What if that's like, they just came in contact. Well, no, I don't understand that part because they held, Oh, she was holding, she held the bullet with a glove. Right. Maybe it is coming in physical contact with an inverted thing. Yeah. What, so what are objects that are inverted? Like, what do you mean? Like, did they ever touch anything with their hands that are inverted? That, like, while they were not inverted, that is inverted. Because when they were inverted, he held the box, which was not inverted while he was inverted. Right. So I guess that's fine. Like that makes at least that one say that you can touch things while you're inverted that are not inverted. Right. Which doesn't particularly make sense because but it's not o- like yeah. But flipped, it should be symmetric. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm. So. Yeah. I don't know. It, it the, felt unnecessary. Coming in contact with things like just. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't contribute anything. No. Um, one thing that got me a couple times is there's, uh, there's a couple of scenes in this movie where um. There's like some sort of ticking clock, be it a literal ticking clock or something bad is going to happen very soon. Mm-hmm. And it gets stretched way out beyond what it's supposed to be. So there's a scene in the at the end of the kind of the car chase heist mm-hmm. where Elizabeth Debicki is trapped in a car with no driver that is hurtling backwards. And they do kind of a quick shot up the road to see that there's a traffic jam and they're going to run into it. And it looks like there's maybe five, ten seconds of road left. And it goes for like 30 it seconds. It goes like 30, 45 seconds yeah. of movie time. And it's the whole time I was like, okay. They're, Bedtime. They've, they've crashed. Okay. They've crashed now. They've they've crashed now. And then yeah. they cut back and they're the same distance the same away. Di- exactly. It's like the like, Monty Python, the guy yeah, running the guy towards running. the castle. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of felt a little bit like that. And then yeah. um, at the very, very end, there's like the ticking clock with 10 seconds left or something mm-hmm. on the bomb. And that 10 seconds went on for about 25. Yeah. And so on. But so. time doesn't. That's uh, a cop something. out. You stupid <laughs> ignoramus. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the clock and the bomb. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? So I thought the bomb goes off when he dies. Right. But he died and the bomb didn't go off. Well, it set a delayed thing. Yeah. So the the timer was supposed to be to the, the moment he dies. Because he was planning to die. 
and they knew when he was going to die because they knew when the explosion was going to be. Was going to have had been. Was going to have had been. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Boy, verb tenses are a nightmare now. Um, yeah. So it wasn't... Uh, no, because the Fitbit was connected to his heart. Right. They made that whole thing that, like, if his heart stops, the bomb goes off. Yeah. So it was a dead It was a dead man trigger. Like, yeah. they literally said it's a dead man trigger. Not just a time. It's just, like, it, it's... Right. They said a dead man trigger, not it's synced. Right. So it, when he died, it should have gone off. Presumably there's a delay. Was he wearing his Fitbit? Yeah. When he died? I think so. Presumably there's some sort of delay or something. Also, your Fitbit just conks out one day you like lose wi-fi connection and yeah. the whole world ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so one thing that i really wish that they had done is it, it is they just saved the day mm-hmm. but they did such a strong analogy to oppenheimer mm-hmm. that like because oppenheimer he thought that if if the bomb went off he'd would destroy the like it, it, his idea was that it would catch the atmosphere on fire that's yeah. what his fear was yeah it didn't do that right so they, they it was they, they made such a big deal of it being an analogy that i was like oh so they're addressing he's like if if we're here doesn't that mean we succeeded i was like hmm what if they don't succeed and it's just another oppenheimer thing where the bomb goes off mm-hmm. and it fucks shit up and like maybe there's some weird thing that explain like my thought was that the his thing in Ukraine was actually the result of what he does. Mm-hmm. Cause like that, like, I never had a chance to tell you cause I was waiting to say, say it in the review ah. and like, cause with a movie like this where everything is like cause and effect or both are flipped. And also at the same time, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, he's doing these things because he, because of his experience with Ukraine. What if his experience of Ukraine is because he did these things in the future? Right. And so I was thinking that maybe that bomb would go off causing the Ukraine thing. And it's a cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. So that would then uh, equate to the Oppenheimer thing where he, the bomb ended up going off. So that future lady scientist was Oppenheimer and maybe she was, maybe it was fucking actually Oppenheimer from the past. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was just like, there's so many different ways you could have gone with this, but instead you went with, Oh, we stopped the bomb. Yeah. And we don't even know what the bomb would have done. Yeah, we do. Well, it would have reversed time and killed everyone. Like, just how? how? Cease existence? Just nothing? Or just everyone dies? Um, Like, that's... I didn't feel the stakes because, like, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Um, That that was my problem. It's just, like, the entire time I was like, okay, there's a big old bomb and there's a bad battle guy that just wants to set a big old bomb off like i yeah again i think that kind of comes back to the fact that this is really just a big spy movie yeah when you boil it down to its essence that's all it is it's Uh, yeah absolutely and it's it's some cool ideas and um i think some interesting themes grafted onto that um but that's really what it is and if you follow the contours of the plot it's almost exactly that yeah in fact um fun little thought experiment uh elizabeth debicki is married to a dangerous unscrupulous arms dealer a charming young man who's a little out of his depth but very smart and uh good at his job connives his way into his inner circle um despite some mistrust in order to stop him 
What did I just describe? Like all of the James Bond movies. <laughs> also, the night manager, exactly, with Elizabeth Debicki as the wife of the arms dealer and the charming young oh, man insinuates himself. Into, I haven't seen it yet, so I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Also, it's exactly the plot. Damsel in distress. A little bit, yeah. And a couple of those problems. Uh, he, like, basically everybody was. I think the reason we didn't see a lot of his recurring roles is because they're all white. Mm-hmm. And he, there was like, and he definitely, he didn't make them like racially diverse for the sake of being racially. Like, that's I mean, one, they kind of did, yeah. but it didn't feel forced. That's one thing I liked about this is like, it's a black action hero star. It's never acknowledged. Yeah. It's just, yeah, this is who he is. Yep. And he has the same like dialogue and stuff mm-hmm. that a white, di- like he doesn't, he's, he doesn't come from the hood. Yeah. Which a lesser writer would do. Yeah. Um, I think Nolan literally probably just wrote with no character races in mind. Yeah. And then he just liked this guy. Yeah. And threw him in. He's like, I mean, I need diversity. So like, I'm going to look at like, he's just like, I'll look at whoever's available. Yeah. This John David Washington guy. He's pretty great. in Black Klansman. Let's, let's yeah. get him on here. He's good. So, but that was definitely good. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like the, the, the premise became a little bit more unhinged the more it became more defined. Yeah. Like, they explain a little bit more, and, like, about 30% of it becomes a bit clearer, but then it's, like, a lost situation. Yeah. Where, like, at the end of every episode, you have an answer to one question, but yep. then two more questions come up. Cut off one question, two more take its place. Ah! Hail Wydra. <laughs> Why Wydra? Hail Timedra. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, there was just stuff like that, that it was like, I don't know what the machine did really. It flipped them back in time, but that, or flipped them to go reverse, but inverts them like the barrier. They put so much effort into don't touch each other, Mm -hmm. but then they touch each other and nothing happens. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. That's lame. Um, Anything else that's bad? I don't particularly like the fact that the bad guy or the good guys like never had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. I like that. At least give us some. I like make it like. To me, I'm always intrigued when you can start seeing the tables turn, mm-hmm. um, and not just right at the last minute they get it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it just, I don't know. I'd... Yeah, it does for a lot of the movie feel like, okay, the bad guy's just one step ahead of him, one step ahead of him, one step mm-hmm. ahead of him. Oh, good guys win. Yeah. Yay. Um, yeah, it, it is a little artificial. And I think, I think that kind of leads into one of my overarching problems is that I didn't feel a ton of tension watching this movie. Part of that might've been that I was really tired. It's Monday night and it's also kind of a confusing movie. Yeah. But overall i agree yeah there were definitely moments where i was super into it yeah like the heist parts where like the um the the highway heist is yes fantastic so love that scene we're talking about the the oh i guess it's one big thing isn't it like with the trucks yeah and then it goes into the cars yeah yeah that was a good scene that was excellent on a lot of levels Uh, it just the like well, uh, one of them needs to be a fire truck, and I'm like, why? And then the little ladder goes up. Yeah. Like, oh, that's why. That was really cool. <laughs> Leave it to Christopher Nolan to use know. a fire truck. Yeah. 
He likes fire trucks. There's the burning fire truck in Dark yeah. Knight. Night, night, night. That's that's all the fire that's trucks. The only fire truck I can think of. It's all the other fire trucks. Uh, there's that one that's like shooting through space in Interstellar. It's <laughs> 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 got yeeted. Yeah. Uh, got yoked. Um, what else? There was something the good that I was thinking of, but I was trying to think if there's mm. anything else bad. Yeah. Um. Well, if we get back into good. Can I drop my my big theory about this movie? Yeah, sure. It's all about storytelling. Okay. Don't exactly know how it all fits together, but like all the talk is about the protagonist and the antagonists mm-hmm. and the idea of setting things forward and backward in time. It's it's like you, you step out and you're constructing the story and what happens happened. You like you're reading the story, but it has happened, it has been written, it has been laid out. I think it's I'm going to build on that. Okay. I think it's literally verbally telling a story that you haven't told before. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, and then this thing happened, and then I went to the store, and then this thing happened, and then, oh, uh, by the way, on my way to the store, I had, like, I was mm-hmm. doing it. Like, you, you're, like, kind of backtracking constantly yeah. to kind of fill in those little gaps of, like, oh, what was that silver car that was in there? And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then we and then we got to that building. Oh, um. Yeah, so the the silver car that crashed was actually me, like in the mm-hmm. <laughs> like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's almost a a meta commentary on telling a story that's disjointed. That is telling a story, yeah, and, and it just takes like a basic spy story as its yeah sort of its core. Oh, uh, the other bad thing is every time he fucking sees himself, apparently, because when he threw like oh the yeah. first bit, he threw the thing to him, which means he saw himself, which means why after once he was inverted was he surprised that he saw himself yeah huh because <laughs> he it, didn't see himself the first time around he did that's but that's that's the whole deal is that what happens happened right so he is going backwards and he's he sees that he, he saw him mm-hmm. which means that the first time around he saw him Yep. You see what I'm saying? I see. It. <laughs> yeah. It's just little elements like that that, like, it's. I mean, you kind of get to the same thing with with Inception. Um, I think this and Inception are Christopher Nolan's most Christopher Nolan-y movies. Yeah. You start pulling on the wrong threads, and the whole conceit kind of starts to wear a little thin. He, but Christopher Nolan lives in the element of suspended disbelief. Yeah. Except for his very sciencey ones, like Interstellar is yeah. all very like accurate. You just have to suspend your disbelief that this is how human beings talk to each other and interact <laughs> yeah. with each other. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, man, I feel like this movie was an excuse for him to just crash a plane. A little bit. Like a friend was just like, "Hey, I've got this cargo plane and a hangar." Yeah. That I'm not doing anything with. You want to do something? He's like, oh, I'd love to crash a plane. What's a reason that someone would need to crash a plane <laughs> into a into a what's, hangar? What's a scenario where I would cl- crash a cargo plane into the hangar on the ground? Yeah. Just. And then how could I play it in reverse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. was spectacular. Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, it's because it actually happened. Yep. Which. Boy, they milked that for all it was worth. Like oh. the first shot of the cargo plane from the outside is like this massive low angle shot. Yeah. Just, 
dominates the screen and yeah. the, the music goes Whoa. yeah it's good stuff yeah i was like oh i've seen the trailer i know where this is going and i love that you're milking it for every penny see i feel like he just came up with this idea and then put together a few kind of scenario scenarios of like oh him fighting a backwards himself mm-hmm. um him being interrogated by somebody the first time and then the next roundabout is actually backwards and he's asking different questions which i thought was actually really interesting i like mm-hmm. that part a lot where he's like um is it actually in the bmw and he's like who told you this mm-hmm. and it's because he is about to yeah and it's the second roundabout right. of that 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 interrogation i really like that element that was very cool um, very clever like i that's something i would do where i would be sitting there like writing out dialogue it's like the it's like a palindrome of a of a conversation yeah uh what's that there's there's a there is a scene that's a palindrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's two people talking and they say lines, they're saying lines back and forth. And at one point they flip and they're going backwards. And then the other, and they actually also are saying the opposite lines. Uh, it sounds like a classic Bugs Bunny Elmer Fudd situation. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. I mean, it's much more complex because it's actually right. a coherent story. Right of that dialogue. And I think that's something like, that's totally something I would do mm-hmm. where I would sit there for eight days, just writing that one page of dialogue. Yeah. Um, what else did I like? Um, Michael Caine's send off. Yeah. I mean, I keep saying that I have no confirmation on it being a thing, but it's just it so really feels like it is. So if, I mean, hopefully if you're listening to it by this point, um, you're you've seen it yeah because there's a lot of twists but if you're not really aware of what we're talking about the only scene that michael Cade's in is he's sir michael something like i don't know what his last name was crotherby so, sure <laughs> um definitely wrong british accent but close enough yeah um and at the end of that line uh washington goes goodbye sir michael yeah so deliberately his delivery is very different yeah it's it's like it's warm it feels yeah it feels like there's more shared history there yeah or something it like it, it feels like the actor john david washington talking to the actor michael kane exactly yeah and and michael kane is sir michael kane yeah so i think i really i i have no confirmation i saw nothing about it before uh, but just the way that happened just tells me that that's his last Christopher Nolan movie. You what should... if it's, what if, uh, John David Washington? No, mm-hmm. that's his name. Yeah. Oh, yes. Nailed it. I got it faster than John David. No, John Reese, David Davis, John Reese, Davis, Davies. Davies. Fuck. Still don't even have that one. <laughs> um, what if that's just passing the torch? Could be. Well, John David Washington's the new Michael Caine, where he's just in every single movie. Could be. Michael Caine in any movie, any not in any movies prior to Prestige. What, what do you mean? Is he not in any of Christopher Reeves or Christopher Christopher Nolan's movies prior to Prestige? Uh, he's in Batman Begins, which is before. Okay, Prestige. so prior to uh, but, Batman Begins. Uh, yeah, no, he's not in. He's not in Memento. Not in Memento. Not in Insomnia. I haven't seen the other two. Not in Following. Okay, so Batman Begins, and he was like, "Wow, I really like you. Mm-hmm. You're in every single one of my movies from now on." <laughs> yep, except Dunkirk. Uh, sure. But Tom Hardy though. But Tom Hardy though. Tom Hardy. Uh, what else? 
What else is there to talk about with this? What else is there to have had talked about? Um, I only I really don't have anything else. It's kind of weird to me that the main character who or the main villain who is Russian never speaks Russian. He always speaks English, and his henchman Andrew back in Russian, and he speaks English to him again. Yeah. Um. Kind of just goes back to I'm not sure. I like Kenneth Branagh. I, he's he's good at what he does. He's a good actor, good director. Not sure why he ended up being the villain in this. Um, he's not the guy who's doing the Kingsman movies, is he? No, that's Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Why would I? Why was I thinking that? Um, because he was a king, man. Ah! And, uh, so, uh, several of his Shakespeare adaptations. Oh. He's directed quite a few notable good Why Shakespeare did I adaptations. Think Brana- how do you say, how do you pronounce his name? Branagh. Brent Brent Branog. I think it's Brana. Brana. Kenneth Brana. Yeah. Branaf Branaf. Branaf Fines. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh god. Okay. I think we need to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we should probably. We're getting um, tired. Yeah. My bedtime alarm went off thirty minutes ago. All right, well, shall... Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, I get to do the thing. Yeah. Solid movie. Check it out. Shallst we? We shallst. Thanks, guys, for listening to our review of Tenet, our unfortunately tired and kind of low-energy review of Tenet. It's, um, uh, it's pushing 10.30 on a look- Tuesday. Go easy on us. Yeah, you're looking at your phone upside down. It's yeah. supposed to be backwards, not ups- upside down, you fool. It's 0301. Um... Yeah, uh, you can check out our normal pod, like our normal locations is for our normal podcast on quote unquote normal, uh, <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, apparently, uh, just any other po- podcast location. I'm pretty sure I like get, the fact that we're on iTunes and Spotify tells me that we're literally everywhere else. Um, we are omnipresent. You cannot escape us. We are etched on the very fabric of reality, both forward and backward. We exist on Instagram at Justice Losers Pod and Twitter at the same handle. Uh, there is nothing on either of those pages because we are waiting until our episode 150, which will be happening in four weeks. Well, that's coming up. I should start prepping. Yeah, I've been prepping. You're going down, fool. No. Um. Uh. Yeah, there's nothing on there, but there will be. Uh, go subscribe to that to see the really good stuff that we're going to be putting on there. Um, we're on, we're at, we're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm not personally on Facebook anymore because I have, there's so many ads on Facebook that I'm just tired of it, it's but impressive. we do have a Facebook page that we will eventually, you, did you propose your new mutants? I haven't gotten around to it yet. Matt might. I might post a new mutants and then tenant review, but he I might have, have had posted his I have so little time to do anything. And yeah. It takes me probably two or three hours to sit down and hash one of those out. So. Yeah. Um, I think that's almost it. What's but, the next movie we're seeing? It's Mulan. That's the next movie yes, we're seeing. Yes, and that's coming out in four days. Yeah, it's coming out on Friday, I think. Shit. So. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to be in San Antonio. But you don't have to watch it at the same time as me because we'll all have the same Disney. But we Plus plan account. on watching it. Oh, but on your on my speaker system. Oh. All right. You know what? We're gonna do it a week after the movie comes out because we want to. Since it's 
on a streaming service, it's easier. Oh, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, shit. We'll do it when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about. So thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Yeah, good night.